Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, a show that celebrates uncertainties through various perspectives and possibilities, so you can inject some inspiration and a dash of that daredevil spirit in your everyday life. I'm your host, Belle Baldoza, a former radio DJ turned storyteller for tech unicorns and a self-confessed pop culture junkie who is on a constant quest to find life's meaning. Join me as we listen to various stories from brave people who found themselves taking the leap at the intersection of I don't know and I can by asking themselves, why not? Today, we're exploring a very timely topic at hand amidst the noise during these interesting slash crazy times. We've got here Damini Roy, a former corporate junkie who's turned into a yoga and meditation guide and also my personal spirit guide. And we're going to discuss her journey, a very interesting one. And we have some very thought-provoking questions and views along the way coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, Damini. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Belle. I am <laughs> delighted to be here. <laughs> so I guess like, you know, like we'll, we'll kick off and start things off with you sharing your story. But before that, like maybe an introduction of who you are and your journey so far as a yoga and meditation guide and what keeps you busy these days? Wow, that's a whole lot of really interesting <laughs> questions. Okay, let's see if I have all of them. This is going to be a good question. You can take it one this. question at a time. That's fine. Let's start with where I am at the present moment. I think I'm pretty much in the same boat like everybody else. These have been crazy, chaotic times. And the need to find meaning, the need to find comfort is so important. So I've been tuning inwards much more in these um, times and happy to share more of that as we go along our chat. We're just enjoying life taking all the small pleasures of life as really big luxuries because I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. Our time together on this planet is limited. The time on totally. this podcast is, right? Yeah. But hopefully making it meaningful for each other and like echoing that sentiment. I really love this quote by Ramdas. It says, the meaning of life or the purpose of our life is to walk each other home. Wow. So, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. How do you spell that again? Ram Das. So that's R-E-M space D-A-S-S. He was really great spiritual guide as well in with more of a North American following. And he is recently departed. So I think you will start to see, of course, a lot of tributes on social media as well as they continue to pour in. But really coming back to that quote and thought, it is life these days looks like how I can try to make space for holding space for other people. Right. For myself, as we all journey through this phase together, I think the way it's impacting humanity and different people across the globe is so interesting. And there couldn't be a better time, I agree with you, Belle, to talk about mindfulness, intentional living, and really like zooming in on what matters in life. Just going back to your quote about making room for others and going back home, quote unquote, how are you doing that? How is that manifesting in your life right now? That's great. A few interesting forms. It's pretty much like a tree. Mm -hmm. I think the roots lie in a lot of my personal practice, which stays away from what people can see and share. But I'm happy to say that I think new seed has taken root in this entire COVID phase. So very shortly, I'll be sharing a website um, with the rest of the world, which is really just an online space for people to come and take these little inputs and tidbits of a proper yogic living and applying yogic principles to their entire life, not just from the narrow lens of a workout per se, but also the way we think, the way we interact with the environment, with each other. 
So it's a website that's going to be out later this month. It's called DaminiYogini.com. So that's my name, D-A-M-I-N-I-Y-O-G-I-N-I. That means a female practitioner of yoga or yoga. And uh, yeah, DaminiYogini.com is coming soon to you. Please um, check the link, sign up for getting notified when the website launches. And I hope to hold space for those of you interested in listening. That's awesome. <laughs> DaminiYogini.com, like, it's got a really nice ring to it. And we can probably, like, let's dive deeper into that as we move along. I, I love that, like, this, like, your thoughts and mindfulness and intentional living has actually manifested into something that you'd like to actually share with your Absolutely. community who shares the same passion. So that's really great during these crazy times. I see people tapping on their various passion points and like learning a lot. And I think that's really good, but it feels like your journey here, right? Like has also been, you know, like brought about by a series of embracing uncertainties. And I think this is something that really resonates a lot with the theme of our show around embracing the, that question at the intersection of I don't know and I can, which is really, I feel is the why not of your life. And would you say that this whole journey of yours, venturing into mindfulness, yeah. intentional living, having space for other people in your life and, and, and retracing the steps back home, right. would you say that like this was brought about by a why not moment that, you know, that actually inspired you to take this route? And if so, like, how did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. There was, I think that why not moment. It looked less glamorous than what movies make it look like. <laughs> it's never easy to kind of find and recognize your truth. Yeah, it was back in 2018. Uh, my health had taken a hit. Uh, quite honestly, I was mm. emotionally, physically just drained as a result right. of not listening to my body and trying to chase this productivity goal that, interestingly enough, I hadn't even set for myself. Why were you chasing that goal before? Yeah, what prompted you right. to fall into that trap? That's a great question, Val. Uh, I think uh, like falling into that trap um, of productivity is pretty similar to how people fall into any trap or addiction, if you would like. Mm. It's really not being able to pare down and understand what drives you and what intrinsically is your motivation to do something. Right. I was at this very interesting inflection point of my own personal growth, where I had just come out of university. And up until that point, I fulfilled a script of expectations of things that society told me, family told me, friends told me, I saw and I thought I wanted. Therefore, I just went in, in, in almost this inertia along the path. And as a result of that, I started to want to strive for goals that weren't set by me as well, or that I hadn't reflected upon that deeply. And I think all of these little moments really added up. And back in 2018, it was a very interesting time when my health unraveled before my eyes. Mm. Um, when you're like uh, a young 20-something, for you to have your health compromised, I think is a very interesting point. And it's really the do or die moment, not literally so, but really like you decide how much control you want to take over your life, your thoughts, mm. your intentions, and then decide where you want to go from there. So for me, that was really finding, starting to find my way back to what truly mattered to me on a daily level. Right. Something I wanted to share on Facebook or something that I would reflect on at the end of a year, but really at the end of every day, how is it that I wanted to live and spend my time? Because like we know, 
no second day is guaranteed and i think if you live in this constant recognition and gratitude of having one day at a time life starts to look so much more different the colors are vivid there is meaning attached to every moment and so that's that why not moment for me where i said why not look at a different way to define my life define mm. where i want to go and as i was back on the men with my health in 2018 i spent a lot of time in an ashram in india which really i think is it's a deep privilege to be able to be in that space so the word ashram is actually when you translate and break it down it means no effort so effort is wow yes it's a place of solace it's a place it's a sanctuary for you know people to heal on every level not just physically but emotionally spiritually as well and really start to develop a holistic presence and outlook on life so you're getting strong by not doing work in the typical ways that we define it and using that rest and time to recuperate and rebuild every part of you and for me i think that was a deeply transformative experience and also recognizing that because of somebody else's gratitude and somebody else's benevolence in the past i was able to enjoy that privilege it's what prompted me to start to want to share my own yoga and meditation with people as well to try to pass on the good gifts and benefits that i've received from somebody else's benevolence before And sometimes like this kinds of incidents in our lives like whether they're a health scare or a life milestone or something something traumatic like they they serve as forcing functions for us to really retrace like why did we end up here what are we doing exactly mm-hmm. and where do we take that forward and so i really think that that was a like that was a really magical journey and i think like we can dive a bit deeper into that like that journey and and what you've learned so far right like what are some of the let's talk about the positive and the painful like sure. positive and the painful truths that you've uncovered throughout this journey like it's been 2 years like since that like that health episode right. and you're staying in the ashram what are some of those like the highlights the low lights of of this journey so far for you right i think it's like looking at two sides of the same coin one of my favorite most spiritual authors of all time poets rumi he says that the pain is the gateway to the pleasure and i think when you're trying to seek things on a spiritual level it's interesting and this is not to romanticize or fetishize pain but this is to recognize that it is very much a part of the journey so i think the highlight for me if i look back on that being a painful maybe even traumatic experience there say the highlight of that actually is the fact that i was able to transcend through that pain into a place that made me feel better about myself that made me feel more connected instead of disintegrated or disjointed right like acknowledging that the pain existed to help me make the transition human beings were interesting people until we're not shocked out of our apathy or inertia we rarely take note so i think for mm. me it was almost that like, is so true though it was that universe like that universal sign saying hey wake up take note reclaim things that are important to you because again no second day is handed to us right was f- physical pain like like this he- whole health episode right? right like constituted physical pain was there another like kind of pain that like instigated this whole journey as well or mm. yeah or were you like like it it started with that health episode and all sorts of introspection followed i think if 
they were interwoven. Yeah, and even before 2018, it was way back in 2015 mm-hmm. that I went for my first Vipassana sit, which is a silent meditation tradition. I went for my first um, 10 day silent meditation retreat in the Vipassana tradition. And up until that time, I'd never sat for a long period of time on the floor with my legs um, folded only because I used to suffer from chronic back pain as well. Right. And so I feel very interestingly this like intertwining between my body's ailments and maybe something that affected me on a psychosomatic level as well. It's always unraveled at these beautiful junctures of my life. So 2015 was the first time when on, and I remember this so distinctly because on the eighth day when we were meditating, I remember it was a particularly good time. And I don't know in human time whether that was minutes or hours, but it felt like forever. It was forever. hard to tell because yes. it's a 15 day stretch. Yeah, I was completely immersed. Yeah. And I remembered that it was a very particularly deep meditation uh, sit for me. And as I was sitting, I suddenly start feeling this throbbing pain going up and down the left side of my body, emerging exactly from the point that I used to experience lower back pain. And I was convinced because it felt like hours to me and I'm pretty sure it was just minutes or maybe an hour. We, like I didn't have a watch, so I can't say. But it felt like a long time and I felt this throbbing so intensely that I was convinced when I got up after meditating, my leg would just fall off. But it didn't. And here's what happened. How long were you sitting in the same fixed position? Like on more average? Than, yeah. More than three hours. Yeah. Each wow. time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot <laughs> as a fellow chronic back pain sufferer. Yeah. Like that is quite a lot to ask for. 30 minutes is already a lot. Like three hours yeah. is, is just is. too much. But you were able to hold that. Yeah, yeah, I was. Right. And I think, again, at the time, I was so um, hungry for that space mm-hmm. to grow and challenge myself in, in, in that mental, emotional space that I was willing to sit for those many hours. And so when back in 2015, I remember I got up and my leg is completely numb. I was like, wow, this is it. I probably won't walk on both my feet again. <laughs> no exaggeration. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's taking a weird turn. Yes. <laughs> and then a few hours later, sensation came back. And this is the even more amazing thing. Post that pain, I experienced comfort. I really don't have this lower back pain as like intensely as before. And wow. Really. And there were recollections from like childhood, a lot of like private memories that came back, just like I was watching a slideshow when I was experiencing this physical pain. So there was, I think for me, that experience was so powerful and transformative because it showed me that this link where the word yoga comes from, yoga union, this union between mind, body and spirit is it's so tenable. And it's just a question of whether we're willing to slow down certain aspects of our life to tune into that frequency. That is amazing. I might actually take you up on some recommendations for silent meditation. Sounds good. But I think so essentially like what I'm gathering here is that you have these, I would say like attempts at like mindfulness and intentional living and unleashing the power of meditation to transform your life. Even before that, why not moment in, in 2018? Yeah. But what would you say that like, it was just really that health episode that really pushed you to Mm. gather your experiences and to move yourself forward to, yeah. 
I think 2018 was pivotal because it was a confirmation. And once I was at the ashram, I didn't have any more of those blackouts and all the other health ailments that I had just slowly. And I'm not going to say it's miraculous, like not with the magic touch of a hand or one meal or one magical herbal tea later, I'm completely cured. But it was like, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was a slow process. But it was hopeful, like each day that I moved through it. And again, like in just moving through that pain and acknowledging it on a very visceral level, it helped me understand that I'm more like just mind, body, spirit, like our essence is is so deeply integrated that it would be foolish not to recognize or try to create a life in respect of that. Pretty sure a lot of things happened to you over those the, the past two th- uh, transformative years following the stay in the ashram. But what doors have you have opened for you or you've personally opened ever since? Because I think like leading up to this, now you're actually in the process of launching your online offering. Yeah. Like looking back at that, what were those doors that like right. milestones right. that like you've actually made happen for you as a result mm-hmm. of your like your decision to embrace mindfulness and intentional living? Yeah. Like in a more conscious way. Uh, yeah, I hope that this is, this gives people who've always wanted to do their own thing, listen to their inner wild call, um, a little bit of hope, <laughs> moved away from the corporate path. Check one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a bit about that. Sure. Cause I think like, especially right now, again, yeah. 2020 has been, um, I, like, I feel like 2020 has been such a, a year of reckoning, not only like a year of reckoning for, like for, for, for companies and institutions. And, but I also think that it's also just a year of reckoning with the self and what your intentions are and what are your dreams and what are your, the decisions that you'll take forward in your life. It's a year of big decisions, really. Right. And I think just talking about, I'm pretty sure a lot of people right now are, are having their own 2020 reflection in some way, some shape, way or shape or form. But it seems like you've had this reflection of breaking away from the corporate world two years ago, pre-2020. So maybe we can dive in a a little deeper into this one. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. So for all the listeners out there who feel scared to take your own path, the first thing to acknowledge is everyone's path looks different. Absolutely. And again, like nobody else except you should dictate the pace of your change as well. I think movies romanticize this concept of the brave, brazen one as being the best person to act. You you need to have this big, brazen, bold personality on um, on screen to reckon with them and say, okay, this is the way ambition looks. And I think when you have a look inwards, you will recognize that each step, no matter how slow or steady, is a step towards your path. And like, just you're making sense of the way life should be for you. And that's perfectly fine as well. Whether you're thinking of starting your own, let's say, home cooking business, if you just make a few cupcakes and send them out to your friends this weekend, that's a great start too. And it counts. Very timely as baking <laughs> has taken over, baking materials like everywhere is sold out. But yes, I think like to that though, yeah. like I, I think if it's just really something that you love to share, like that's a good start. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I think it's recognizing the other thing that's changed post the 2018 inflection point for me is that my sphere of looking at the effect or impact of my actions is actually widened. So earlier I would be pretty myopic in the sense that if I was not doing any direct harm to anybody, let's say just simple things like consuming mindfully. If I bought a dress that looked great on me, I wouldn't really question where it came from, who the money or wages went to, what the production line looks like, what's the impact on the environment. 
But now I see myself naturally going into that mental space each time I make a purchase for a new dress only because my sphere of looking like sphere of awareness in life has grown as well. It's expanded beyond just myself. And really there is no bound to that, I guess, like sphere of awareness. It could be starting with our friends and family and just move on to our communities, our nations. And I love this Sanskrit quote. It's super ancient and I really hope it comes back in trend only so that more of us can follow it. It says Vasudev Kutumbakam, which means the world is my family. So my hope for my own journey and growth is to be able to reach that point where my sphere of awareness becomes almost global. I'm in deep recognition of how interconnected all of our lives are with each other, with right. the earth, all living things. Right. So what you're saying here that because right now, like a lot of people are, are also starting to experiment with a concept of mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. In part of like really just reflecting about their lives. Some people establish it as part of their self-care routine. Right. But what you're saying here is something a bit more holistic, right? Like mm-hmm. understanding how the world is connected yeah. and ha- having that grounded, like that grounded understanding that can help guide you make like in terms of making, I would say like wiser decisions about your own consumption as well. So I guess like for, for listeners out here, right? Like who want to, who are curious about mindfulness, like some are dipping their toes into it. Probably some are like reading, like more consciously about it. What are some of those mindfulness tips that Mm. you'd love to share for those who are a bit more curious about this? Because I love this concept of understanding how the world works and like how the world is interconnected because I feel like right now the concept of mindfulness has been largely around tuning into yourself, establishing like a self-care routine. All of these are great, but I think yours extends to another dimension, essentially, of understanding and in turn brings you to a whole new level of understanding yourself as well. Yeah. Um, Dipping your toes into this more holistic dimension of awareness, I think, can just begin with something as simple as food. And yes, it's food. food favorite topic <laughs> in Asia. Everybody's, like, everybody's passion point. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Food is something that connects us all as people. Right. And it's something we engage with on a daily basis. So really, if you try to think of mindfulness as a practice or a state of being, it's just being in awareness of your mind and its activities. And so food is, I think, a great uh, starting point because you can start by just slowing down the pace at which you eat, really allow yourself to look away from your mobile screen or your laptop or Mm. not binge watch something while you're binge eating. Right. Maybe just look away from those screens, look at the bowl, appreciate the colors, the texture of whatever food you're eating and really start to ask yourself, what do the flavors taste like? How does that make me feel? That itself is actually a practice called mindful eating. And it's, again, just one of the ways in which you can practice mindfulness. So mindfulness doesn't require us, even meditation for that matter, does not require us to become completely reclusive, become hermits, leave civilization, go find a cave. And if you can't find it, you can't do it. Those are all limitations we set upon ourselves. And I think like that's yeah. a really good point. I feel like right now is also a really like it's an opportune time to practice mindful eating because mm. on a normal day and, and most people, right, who have day jobs and we're mm. trapped in like the daily grind of the office. Most of the time, you don't really even have enough of a luxury to even eat your food properly. 
Like you grab lunch and then you quickly just go in front of your computer and just eat it. But right now people are staying home. And so I think like that actually gives people an opportunity to unplug for a few seconds and just really be in the moment of savoring what they're eating. Yeah, you said it. I think the biggest blessing we're getting from this entire phase is the ability for people to slow down their lives a little bit, Mm. right? Yeah. If we can take away the guilt and use all of that negative energy that comes associated with choices at times, because we could be caretakers for others, for instance. But if we can take away all of that negativity associated with slowing down and channel that back into understanding and being appreciative of what this phase is showing us, then again, we're meeting life where it wants us to meet it. So we're not trying to find or force the flow. We're not Mm. trying to fight situations and circumstances. And that in itself is probably the most holistic way to exercise mindfulness. Because again, you're in union with the pace of life and the nature of life. And this comes into like my next question, which is really about tuning into the pace of life, right? And right now I feel like the pace of life While a lot of people are sheltering in place, there's still a lot of chaos, uncertainty, Mm. negativity that abounds. And, and, and how do you, right? As a person who practices mindfulness, a holistic mindfulness on a daily basis, right? What is your advice to like in terms of like practicing mindfulness and intentional living during these times? Right. Like, how do you cope? Mm. Uh, How do you cope with like, the stimulants around you and managing those. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, great question. Overstimulation is the bane of our existence, right? One hand, we could just <laughs> Google anything we wanted and right. we could just virtually reach any place that our heart and mind desired. Right. It's also the bane because it's, and I'll come back to this analogy of food. So the way I try to keep even my thoughts in check is I look at certain thoughts as healthy or unhealthy, just as we look at food, like healthy food or junk food. We also have healthy thoughts and junk thoughts. And the junk oh, thoughts, totally. Right? Yeah. And the junk thoughts could just be negativity about the situation, scenario, people, ourselves. Hmm. And so when we come back to this whole idea of just living more attuned with the times and being grateful wherever we are, fully acknowledging that maybe financially this is a really harrowing time for some of us. Absolutely. You know, um, spiritually, emotionally, maybe some of us are drained out because we're caretaking for more than one person in our lives. So fully acknowledging the responsibilities that we have. I think what's important to acknowledge also is how do we keep ourselves in a place that we feel comfortable in our own skin and also in the role that we're asked to play in our larger lives. Because I think that's one of the things this phase has taught us is that nothing is certain or nothing is constant and even nothing is predetermined. So where do we have the locus of control truly in our minds? How we choose to see the situation in this phase will eventually determine how successfully we can navigate and transition through this. So back to the analogy of food. I look at food in just three ways. Food for the mind, food for the body and food for the soul. So Movement is food for your body, not just the food that we eat and nourish ourselves. Similarly, what you read or what you think is food for the mind that you can use as nourishment, right? So it will help you stay in a certain mental frame that is beneficial for you and keeps you in sync, um, you know, with who you are and your best self, really your whole best self. And finally, food for the spirit or soul. These look like different things, simple self-care routines, 
journaling. I know you have another guest coming mm-hmm. on shortly <laughs> for that as well. What could even move to things like gardening, cooking for family, but soul food really looks very different for different people. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty and magic of it. So we're seeing that at least I'm seeing and I'm meeting so many people who are trying to align their food consumption across these three different um I love buckets, those three buckets. Right? Yeah. Mind, body, and soul. And again, just like you have your favorite snack, I may have mine. And from time to time, everybody's favorite food in each category stays the same or changes. But what's important is to acknowledge what's healthy and what nourishes your best self in any one of these food categories versus what's detrimental or junky and you want to stay away from. And speaking of the junky, right? What were some of the things that you've really consciously stayed away from increasingly as you've actually pursued this like journey of mindfulness? Yeah. So I'm going to share a very personal practice, but I think it's going to be useful. I actually pick a really nice quote, which starts in the I am. So in the affirmative sort of sentence structure. Mm. So I pick a word that I want to embody more of. I write it on a post-it and I change it every now and then. But here's what's interesting. I put it on the mirror when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'm washing my face. I am seeing that first thing in the morning. And to me, that's so simple, but it's been really transformative because in the past, some of the junky thoughts that I've let go of is a lot of self-doubt, is a Mm. lot of questioning myself, undermining my own words. And I think it doesn't really help anybody because it doesn't help me show up in my best energy and it doesn't help me amplify positivity if I'm not feeling it myself about myself. So let go of that and start to move towards this phase of embodying your best self. Start small, take a post-it. I am worthy. I am, I've picked luminous for this month. I am luminous. I want to be able to emit this kind of like light, joyful energy everywhere I go. And yeah, the, it's a small anchoring practice, a ritual. I love how simple that is and that yeah. how easy that is to follow. Do you change those quotes uh, on do. a daily basis no, or depending daily. on the mood or how do you kind of cycle through these uh, quotes? I change it on a monthly basis. Just right. because it's also simple. It's a lovely way for me to even reflect back on the year. Just have a personal inventory of yes. what, what things became important yes. for me yeah. as the year. Exactly. So it's a very like... Um, organic work in progress sort of way to even look at yourself and it's a great way of very simple practice that anyone can do today to become more mindful of how you think about yourself yeah because it it, actually a lot of like like those quotes right through the months and years can say a lot about your state of being as well and your understanding of yourself like in just that one sentence right Absolutely. (laughs) I will definitely try this. That was a very simple, very simple, but very intentional way of, you know, like affirming something about yourself and getting rid of those uh, junky thoughts, (laughs) so to speak. I I think uh, I I feel like I've learned quite a lot, like in this, like in terms of uh, mindfulness and intentional living, but maybe like we can close off with something that like you like something that you'd like to share as like your piece of advice to people like who might just be who just want to venture into this, like on a more con in a more conscious way after their whole 2020 reflection, they're like practicing mindfulness. Why not? What would you tell those people? And yeah, I think maybe like you can also invite us to your, we can also invite us to your upcoming online offering because we want to know where to tune in. (laughs) Thank you well for making space and space and time for us to have this chat today. If there's a few parting words that I want to say to the listeners today, don't force the flow. 
be brave enough and be bright enough. I love that. <laughs> be brave and be bright enough to meet life where it wants it to meet you. I think that's probably the most magical space where all our transformation happens when we're truly alive to the opportunity that life brings us in the present form, in the present day, in the present moment. That's when we're really mindfully alive, awake, and present. In terms of food, again, remember, stay healthy, mind, body, and soul. And um, if curiosity takes the better of you, please visit www.daminiyogini.com. That's D-A-M-I-N-I-Y-O-G-I-N-I.com. We're going to be launching the website. Please um, drop your emails if you'd like to get notified when we launch. And hopefully that will be a digital space, an online sanctuary for you to get more of the good food for your mind, body and soul. So that yoga really becomes a holistic practice and way of living, not just the newest trend to jump on. That's so exciting. We are looking forward to that holistic yoga offering uh, beyond the weight loss uh, and just beyond the exercise component of it at DaminiYogini.com. And of course, uh, check out A Dose of Good Vibes over at Damini Yogini on Instagram. Thank you so much, Damini, for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the Why Not podcast. We hope we've helped inspire and empower you to ask yourself why not and find out what's next for you. For everyone who's tuned in, we would appreciate it if you could show some love for this podcast by leaving us a review on this channel or feel free to send us questions, suggestions, rants, and raves all welcome at hello at whynotpodcast.com. For the latest and greatest, follow us on our social media channels at whynotthepodcast. Until next time, sending good vibes your way. Bye.